Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good evening, or is it good morning? And welcome to Two Up Top, the weekly football review show with myself, Gav Mack, and oh, I was going to say Alex Osborne. You're not Alex. I am not Alex Osborne. <laughs> you are You are Stuart Mitchell. I am. And we are currently in LA and we're loving life. Uh, in association with Macau Sports Bar and Grill, best boozer in the whole of New York, in association with uh, the male coach, best boozer in Northampton, and uh, Stalker Studio, where we normally do the show, but we're not in Stalkers today we because are we are in LA. On today's show, we'll be talking about Stephen Bergwijn. He had a great debut yesterday uh, for Tottenham against uh, Man City. We'll also be talking about what are Everton as standard, the Watford edition. And our oh, West Ham going down, and I want to start with West Ham. Um, West Ham three, Brighton three. Um, goals came from Issa Diop, um, two Robert Snodgrass uh, deflected volleys, um, an Ogbonna own goal for uh, for Brighton. Uh, Pascal Gross, a very comedic <laughs> goal. Yeah. There's only one way to put that, and um, Glenn Murray's controversial equaliser as well. West Ham were in full control of that game. They were three one up. What what's what's going on? Yeah, that that's a game they needed to win, one hundred percent. And you know, weeks from now, if the relegation battle does come about, and you know they end up where they don't want to be, which is in the Championship, these are the kind of results they're going to look at because they had they had it in cruise control, three one up, probably a better team on paper and on the day, mm-hmm. and they let it slip. I will go back to your original point with West Ham going down. I'd like to think they have enough to stay up. I think you know they have talented players. They have a, a players with heart, but uh, ball don't lie. Ball doesn't lie. Um, end of the day, the next five fixtures: it's City away, uh, Liverpool away, Southampton at home, Arsenal away, and uh, Wolves at home. Yeah. Maybe they might scrape one point out of those, and that's. You could probably say the Southampton game. Yeah, the Southampton or Wolves uh, are winnable without being... There's no shape or form that they're going into these games favourites. We had this conversation the other day, though. Would you rather... Because, obviously, with such a heavy start, um, would you then rather go into a situation where you've got an easier run of games where you need the momentum at the end of the season? Would you rather... You know, have points in the bank and then kind of look over your shoulder while you're playing against, you know, Arsenal, Liverpool, City. Or would you rather do it the other way around? I think the issue is, the main issue is the fact that they've actually slipped into the bottom three now. Yep. So, yes, like after, after their next five games, you could say they would have a more favourable fixture list. But They'll be in the bottom three. And the the pain of them being in there. I don't think they'll be able to have that mentality. You, say, you said something about heart. Um I only personally feel that there's two players no, that no, have got heart. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any true desire from West Ham at the moment, yeah. and I don't. Like, Pellegrini was not the right manager in the first place, but David Moyes, I think, is a step backwards. I don't think they should have got rid of Slaven Bilic, you know. Yeah. But I think that's where the, the main issues sort of became from, and they they they're in dire straits right now. Um, with Brighton though. It's weird. I've said it a few times on the show. I actually really like Brighton. And they're playing the nice football at the moment, but they're down there. Yeah. See, that's someone I could see that could go down. You know, I look, I look at Premier League quality players and, you know, in some instances I'm wrong because I, I look at Sheffield United and there's not many, what I would look at face value, Premier League quality players are going to keep you up and they're doing a tremendous job. Um, 
but I do worry for Brighton. You know, it's it was a great journey for them coming up. They've almost established themselves as kind of a mainstay in the Premier League. What's what they've been up four years now? Yeah, yeah, um, it's their full season. Yeah, so they've they've established themselves, but you know, I worry that it's a long way for them to to go in terms of you know a surviving this season, and then they have to long hard look at themselves in terms of the players they have. Uh, I think it's going to be a slog and a struggle for them to stay up and even if they do it'll be a tough season next season What about um, the fact that they've given Graham Potter in his first season after not a wonderful start but an okay start a six year contract Yeah That's that's a bit Pardew-esque isn't it Yeah and you know Pardew probably had a better CV to deserve a, a longer yeah. deal you know you look at Graham Potter and his yeah. CV is fine but you know, they, they didn't sign to Alex Ferguson. Very true. I'm so glad you said CV and not resume then. Well done. Um, football, <laughs> football show. Not football, show. <laughs> football show. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that, KC. Well done. No. World champs. Um, so, um, let's talk about Sheffield United. Um, that, that team that haven't got Premier League players really and truly, but they've got a fantastic manager yep. and they've got heart and desire. They won 1-0. Uh, away to Crystal Palace which is a great result by the way that is not an easy ground to go to to get a point very and true to go and take three points at Palace who have a similar DNA in that Palace's team isn't amazing but Roy Hodgson's done a great job there yeah. they've got a solid core of hungry players but mm. that's a huge result for Sheffield United and this this fairy tale of a season you know they're slowly slowly driving towards getting a European place so. yeah and especially when you get gifted situations like they did on the 58th minute and that was a, a corner which was it was just a standard corner really yeah. what, what, what was Guyton thinking <laughs> and we you know we had this conversation on Saturday he's been a pretty decent goalkeeper you know yeah. you look around the league and it's it's moments like this that can really sort of make or break a goalkeeper's career. You know, if he if he has a couple more errors now, people will throw the book at him. So, you know, he's had a pretty good season and a big error that's cost his team three points, one point, whatever. But but it was comical and it was. You know, I used to be a goalkeeper. You know, I would have I wouldn't have liked going into the changing room being him, knowing that I cost the game. Yeah, so, very uh, true. Tough for him. Hopefully, he bounces back. Uh, being a goalkeeper is tough, but. If you don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, one game that was pretty turgid, um, which was good for in a way because I had something else to look forward to yesterday, and that was Arsenal versus Bur- well, Burnley versus Arsenal, nil nil there. Only really one moment to talk about. Yeah, um, that's uh, the Joe Rodriguez. Is is four yards out? <laughs> you can't score. <laughs> you've, you've got to you've score. Got to score. He slapped the bar. It's bounced on the line. Yeah. Um, correct decision not to award the goal, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it it wasn't a very easy watch. Now no. Burnley and Arsenal, they're both on level points. They're both on thirty one points. So now you look at this and you say Arsenal going to Burnley and getting a point is it a good result? <laughs> I've never thought those words. I never come out with that sort of thing. But Burnley once again is not an easy place to go to, and no. they've won their last couple of games. They beat Manchester United as well at Old Trafford, which is almost unheard of. So they would have gone into this game bags of confidence and yeah. been ready to 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 pounce. And you know you could argue that they did deserve to get at least a point, maybe all three. Mate, yeah. I would say so, but not a pretty watch. Not not a for you in the morning. It wasn't the most uh, exhilarating way to start your day. Yeah, it's difficult getting up at six o'clock in the morning to yeah. to watch that. 
Uh, so I could have done with an extra couple of hours kip, I'm not going to lie. Okay. <laughs> the other game that happened yesterday was a massive, massive game, um, which has permutations on um, Liverpool's title charge and also um, City's desire to be in second place and Tottenham to get in the top yeah. four. Yeah. Uh, so and like, everything happening. Um, Tottenham 2, um, Manchester City nil was the final score. Um Stephen Bergwijn made his debut. He scored as well as uh, Human Son. Yep. Both really fantastic goals. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about Bergwijn. What a signing for him! Thirty-three million. Oh yep. no, it's not thirty-three million dollars. <laughs> oh, I kept tearing it on the thing yesterday. <laughs> 26, uh, Twenty-six million pounds. Yeah, That's thirty-three million dollars. Great signing, and PSV will will feel the pain not having him. So, first of all, how awesome is it that, you know, when a club has signed a big player, they just put him in the starting lineup? That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Players get bedded in, takes weeks before, you know, they're really settled. Back in the day, you know, new signing, bang, first first game, it'd be out there. Yeah. How awesome is it that, A, Bergwijn started in a, in a huge game, mm. and B, came and slapped, you know, scored... Scored on his debut. The, the technical yeah, ability goal as well. of that goal. When you see it, it's like, oh yeah, it's chested it down and bollied it. But when you actually look at the, his body shape, yeah. um, great little knock as well from uh, Lucas Moura. Yeah. Which he didn't have to do that. He could have probably even looked up and had a pop himself. He sure. could have fed it out wide and he thought, no, I'm just going to put it straight into the mixer. Just that whole... Just the way he brought that down a low centre of gravity and yeah. just slapped it in the back of the net absolutely it look fantastic easy as well and that's, yeah. that's the difference right a world class only a world class player can do that yeah definitely and they're going to rely on him quite a lot in the in the Euros as well because yeah. there's injuries to Memphis which is going to hurt a lot yeah. the joy of uh, Bergwijn he could play centre mid if you want him to he could play wide he could play in um in hand yeah. um, or he could play down the middle uh, so he's is very is very versatile. Um Son, we all know about him. Um, yeah. But the, the the one of the main talking points of this game was the penalty. Yeah. Well, look, let's let's go to a bigger talking point before the penalty, the Sterling challenge. Oh God, yeah. So um, that was what after what ten, ten minutes. That you look you look at a couple of weeks ago when Arsenal played against Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, Max Myers on the ball. Aubameyang, he, he launches himself in. He doesn't mean to catch him, but he has. It's gone to VAR. It's a red card. Yeah. This situation, very similar. It's gone to VAR. It's Sterling on Deli Alley. Yeah. It's caught him. Stud showing. Top of his ankle. Bad tackle. It wasn't very nice. It was, it was at pace yep. as well. Could have done some real damage. Uh, yeah. And you can tell he was very gingerly for the next few minutes after that. And it's gone to VAR and no penalty's given. Yeah, no red. No red, sorry. No um, red, which is, which is surprising. And then, ha- you know what, I'm glad Tottenham won yesterday because how often does it happen that something like this goes against a side, particularly a big side, and then Sterling goes and scores the winner? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. things like that. It just, Karma kind of won yesterday. Um, and then, you know, look, great result for Spurs, but it was good that he didn't go and score a hat-trick. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's good that he didn't go and score a hat trick and, and and ruin the you know ruin the the rest of the weekend for Spurs fans. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but then yeah, the penalty. Oh God, right. So Serge Aurier on Aguero, thirty six minutes on the clock. Yeah. Um, referee 
well, his opinion said the ball, he's got the ball. And I thought, you know what, that was a good tackle as well. Yeah. I thought he won the ball. So we're, we're, we're playing on. We're enjoying the rest of the game. Yeah. And um, on the 38th, literally the clock stuck, it was stuck onto the 38th minute. And the ball's still in play. Referee stops play, does the VAR sign, and points to the penalty spot. Yeah. VAR got the decision right. VAR got the decision right. And look, VAR, for the most part, they get things right more often, I would say, but it's just the lack of clarity. It's really... This was brought into football for people to enjoy. It wasn't supposed to slow the game. People people want to know what's going on. Yeah. You know, you look at American sports, you look at rugby, etc. If something goes, you know, there's a dialogue and people understand what's going on. Mm. This kind of ambiguity from VAR just is really not helpful. And it, it, it's it's going to be it's the game be, at the moment. It's going to be gone. You know, I, I think it's it's been implemented terribly. Um, in the Premier League, though, yeah. because when you look at when you're watching a Serie A game or a La Liga game or a Bundesliga game, uh, it, and also in particular, not that I watch it a lot, but the A League in Australia, they have got VAR down to an absolute T. Yeah, and they're in constant dialogue. They're talking. So, like in that situation from yesterday, what they, what Mike Dinkler said was like, "Hold on, right? I think he's got the ball." And in that time period, right, Stockley Park. I think he got the ball. Is it a penalty, yes or no? They're yeah. going to have a look at that straight away. Within 10, 10, 10, seconds. Seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds, you look at that challenge, it's a penalty. Yeah. They could have got, they could, that could have been dealt with so much quicker and so much easier. Anyway, penalty's taken, it's missed again. Like, City have missed. City can't score penalties. No, they can't. Uh, they missed five, miss five penalties. Oh, the last seven. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good for them. How, and then, as soon as, as soon as that pen's missed, Sterling looks like he's been taken down by uh, Hugo Lloris, who I think did make contact with him. I think that was a penalty. And he's gone to VAR, and it's not given. No, yeah, it's just a shambles. <laughs> oh, it's a shambles. You know, I've been trying not to talk about VAR for the yeah. last few weeks. And just a, like a, on a small note, something I noticed is the, the linesmen were flagging for tight offsides yesterday, which, you know, ultimately VAR is there. The... the the linos and the refs have to be coached how to how to referee and how to lino with VAR. If it's tight, leave it. Let, let know, VAR let the make the decision. Make decision. Yeah. You know, there's a couple that got wrong. You can't be getting it wrong. If you get it wrong by not flagging, you've got VAR to back up. But mm. if you're stopping goal scoring opportunities, like learn how to ref with the new game. Yeah, I think. Do you know what? That is a very valid point actually, because when you're a referee, you 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 know what you're doing. Yeah. You are like whether you're on a park pitch or uh, like as a professional you've been doing it for a long time you know you know what what the crack is but when something new has been implemented like this you almost do have to go back to school a little bit yeah i think and i don't think they've done that right and what they've also not done very well is the recruitment side of things as to who is going to be at stockley park yeah i personally i think they should use like retired refs um or some of the you know, something like the championship referees that want to make the step up into the Premier yeah. League, you know, give them the guidance and let them run it or sort of thing. Or I don't know. I think they, they, need, to, they need to look at... Look you could talk about refs all day, couldn't you? Oh, okay. Ref Mackey's back. Ref Mackey... Well, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> right, weekly section of the show. What are Everton? Um, but this week, it's the, it's the Watford edition. Uh, Watford 2, Everton 3. Um, Watford cruising 2-0 up. 
Stroke of 45 minutes, it's still 2-0. They give away a corner. Um, the goals, by the way, came from Messina and uh, and Pereira. And Pereira's goal was actually pretty nice, yeah. uh, assisted by uh, Troy Deeney. Watford, they had their run. They got everyone excited. Yeah. It's done now. They're in the bottom back, three again. Back in trouble, yeah. Um, they can't be doing things like this the way yeah. they where they operated and handled themselves in injury time poor discipline it's bad um Yerry Mina um bagged a brace of headers um no sorry not a brace of headers actually the first one no, he stabbed it in didn't he yeah one was a um, proper Sunday league goal oh yeah goal, goal, goal scramble um and then yeah he scored again moments later yeah Everton can't win the game. Uh, the winner comes from um, Arsenal legend Theo Walcott. Um, <laughs> but they were down to 10 men as well. Yeah, I mean... The second yellow. Yeah, which, and that was poor discipline on his end. That yeah. was a lapse of, lapse of concentration that you would not expect for someone of his experience. But He didn't look, need to make that second challenge. I don't understand it. why he did that. But Ancelotti is a, is a world-class manager. Mm. And Everton, what's he been? Five games, one, four? Yeah. He's doing a hell of a job. He will attract talent in uh, what I Everton is going to be an interesting uh, subject matter to follow. Because yeah, especially when it comes to the summer. I will not be surprised if they sign some pretty big names in, in summer. You know, particularly if they can you know, finish in the top eight um, or NABA Cup. Uh, are they still in, they're still in the FA Cup, I believe. I don't know. Anyway. Don't know, um, but uh, look, I think... Ancelotti will attract talent. Players will want to play for him. Uh, and, you know, I think... Will they win the league next year? No. No, no they, of course, they lost to Liverpool, didn't they? Oh, yeah. They yeah. lost to Liverpool. But they, they won't win the league next year. Could they do what Leicester are doing right now? Possibly. Why, why the hell not? I think Everton have got a half-decent team there yeah. anyway. They need to address the goalkeeper situation. I don't like Jordan Pickford. I don't like the fact he's England number one. That job should be Dean Henderson's job. Yeah. Um... Everton have got everything they need going forward. Hey, look, during the week, they turned down a bid for Richarlison. Yep. They know they know where they want to be. They've got a new stadium coming. Yep. Usmanov is very good pals with Mashiri. Yep. So they've got money there. Yep. They've got a world-class manager, as he said. It's We're about to embark on a time where Everton will need to be looked at as serial contenders going forwards. And people may laugh right now, yep. and I, I'll take the mickey out of Everton all the time. But... They, they, we need to start looking at them and, and taking them very, very seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's Ancelotti wouldn't have taken that job if they weren't going to throw some money at that situation and have a good long-term future. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so, yeah, Everton on the march, Watford on the decline. They, I think they will go down now. Um, one team who are definitely going to go down, it's, it's got to be done now, it's, it's Norwich. Um, Newcastle nil, Norwich nil. Norwich absolutely battered them. But couldn't find the back of the net, and that's the reason why that they're going. That's why they're going down. Timmy Pukki, very good, you know. Yeah. But that that honeymoon ended in what September, October, the Pukki thing. Yeah, um, um, when he started getting looked at by United and whatever, you know. Oh, fifty million probably, in January. Probably, probably too oh. good for United. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's not much to say other than that was that was a tough game to watch, and Norwich are gone. Norwich are, are done. Um, Newcastle, I think they will they they will be in a bit of trouble next year. Yeah, 
Oh, they're, they're fine for this year. They're, they're just fine. they miss they miss goals. Um, they they have a good defense. Um, their midfield is industrial. Okay. Yeah. Industrial. Uh, they miss Solomon Rondon. They do. They do. And like there was talk of uh, you know the new takeover if it happens. Which is a story every day, almost for Newcastle fans, yeah. that they'll get rid of Steve Bruce and bring uh, uh, Rafa back in, and yeah. that's where Rondon is. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, could, could you see Rondon potentially going back there? I think he would. I think he would. Um, I think the northeast is a great. Like, if you live in Newcastle and you're the best player, probably one of the best places to live in, in mm. Premier League football. Um, and I think, you know, I'm not that close with Solomon anymore, but I think he felt. Quite, <laughs> I think he felt quite welcome in, uh, in the northeast, uh, and it's a, it's a fun place to be the number nine striker so I, I, yeah. I don't think that you know for the right gaffer and if that is Rafa mm. um, Rafa the gaffer Rafa the gaffer then you know I don't see why not but I, I would doubt that the takeover talks really happen how long have we been hearing that Mike Ashley will no longer be the owner of that club oh god uh, every year for what 10-15 years yeah now. it's been going for some time yeah um, six pointer down the bottom there, um, Bournemouth two, Aston Villa one. Um, I did not see this result happening. Bournemouth have been struggling of late, mm. um, and I don't know that they have the character to get. They, they, I love Eddie Howe. They've got some great footballers. Uh, this is probably the first time they've really had to look inwards and kind of been tested in, yeah. from a relegation scrap perspective. Now, very similar to Newcastle, they've had a lot of injuries this year. They're yeah. really missing my pal David Brooks. Um, oh, like, yeah. What a player he is. He's not played all season. Yeah. Um, Josh King's been, uh, been dogged with injuries. Yeah. Um, Ake's back now, but he's missed a lot of games. Yeah. And they're, they're probably arguably missing uh, Tyrone Mings, who is now Villa. <laughs> <laughs> They um yeah they yeah they they're, they're struggling but um, Billing he scored yeah you know I've got a lot of time for him anyway um uh, and then Nathan Ake he bagged as well and then Samata bagged uh, on his debut for Villa um, and that was uh, just not long after uh, uh, Lerma got his uh, got his red card for a second yellow yeah um if West Ham don't go down do you see Bournemouth or Villa taking their place uh, Villa could, I'm worried for I think Bournemouth will be fine um, they're good at home they'll probably have a surprising win left in them against like a United or Arsenal or Tottenham they always and they always beat Chelsea um, yeah they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge this year so I think Bournemouth will be fine. I think they have the talent, and I think they got the players coming back from injury. Yeah. Uh, Ake is massive to them. He's giant. One of the best centre backs in the league, top seven, top five. I, I, I think he really is, uh, and you know, I would say someone like United should be looking at bringing him in. Yeah. I can imagine him and Maguire at the back. That would be that'd be really strong. Um, Samata scoring on his Premier League debut. Yeah. How big will that? be for him and how much do you, that will do to his confidence it's always good to get an early goal mm. uh, particularly you know new team new league new feel like it, it's it's important to come in and hit the ground running I think from a confidence perspective and also just from you know if you look at his teammates the way he's viewed by them you know they yeah. feel a lot more comfortable knowing that uh, you know the guy can come in and, and make an instant impact and they do need it Villa needs something yeah they do they do indeed um, Liverpool 4 Southampton nil. Um did not look like that type of game, especially I, at halftime. No, and I, I thought Southampton might nick something here because they've they've been in a, a real purple patch of their own. Obviously, 
Liverpool's purple patches just they're just really really good yeah I mean like Southampton they've they've, they've won seven of their last ten games and I I fancied them and they were they were in the game and you know Liverpool just turned it on and it's you know it's an inevitability factor now it's you know every week it's seemingly closer that they are going to win the title but we're talking about one of the best teams in Premier League history here they are winning this league at a counter yeah it's it's, I just find it almost embarrassing that they haven't really got out of second or third gear no. all season. No. Like defensively, they looked a bit shaky in the first half and you're thinking, yeah, you know, Southampton might be able to get a little something. They could have actually had a penalty just before the opening goal. Now, I'm not quite sure how you viewed that, but he, I think the referee was sort of like uh, gearing to the facts that he could have stayed on his feet. But yeah. He was tripped, and yeah. he, and there was no way of him being able to stay on his feet. He was going down, and yeah. they've literally gone straight at the other end. Uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, he, he he scores and makes yeah. it one nil, and just from that moment, you think right it's over floodgates, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. Henderson, he scored as well. He looked really good. Uh, then yeah, Salah, Mo Salah with a brace, loves it. So. It's it is a case yeah. of, of of when, when not if. Not if. Um, do you think they will go the season unbeaten? It's always hard to predict that, right? Because the Premier League is so, you know, so good, mm. um, and it's also how seriously they're taking the unbeaten thing. Because you know, if they're in the late stage in the Champions League, FA Cup, and they want to they want to win the treble like Man United did, yeah, um, maybe they rest players in games that. You know they they because they're more focused on cup games. That's yeah. the funny thing though because they've rested players in certain games. They've just got someone for every, every single position. position. Yeah. Even goalkeeper Adrian is a fantastic number two. Yeah, he, he would be a number one for 10, 12 of the Premier League teams at the yeah, moment right now. I was surprised West Ham let that one happen. But yeah, yeah, but you know Fabianski is 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 a good, a good goalkeeper. Yeah, he's a good goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Um, defensively, you know they're. Centre half, obviously, they've got the Man Mountain and Van Dyke. They've got option with Matip and Lovren, but they're Joe using Gomez. Joe Gomez at the moment. Joe Gomez could cover it right back if necessary, if yeah. there was need to um, remove Trent out of the side for a little bit. But they've got Camacho, who's a decent young kid. Yeah, you know they could play Milner back there. You know they've got yeah. someone for everywhere. It's 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 ridiculous. And a lot of it is organic are. as well, right? This is this yeah. is a team that. You know, they've signed players, but TAA, Joe Gomez, um, you could argue Jordan Henderson, you know, they brought him from Sunderland, but really they've, they've sort of they've created his career. Um, you know, Firmino wasn't a big player, he was at Hoffenheim, Salah, you know, Mane. Well, Sa- from, Salah, Salah was, Salah a, was, was a washed up, yeah. wasn't he? He's like, oh, well, it's People a Premier League flop. Um, and, and yeah, look, it's hard to begrudge them because... You know they haven't necessarily gone out and bought this title. They've they've bought strategically. You know they've bought they've players sold as, well. as well. They've sold cleverly, um, and you know, they're going to be around for a little while as well. This is not an old team. I can feel what they're going to do is build on what they've got. This is where Arsenal went wrong yeah. in two thousand and four. They felt that when they won the title, it was like, well, you know, we don't need to strengthen. Yeah. Every team needs to strengthen. Manchester United, when they won the title in 2013, 
didn't strengthen. Yeah. You know, and, and lost three of their back four. Yeah. As well. So that that was a that was a real struggle for them to try and turn it around. People will blame um like Edward Wood and that sort of stuff, or try and blame Solskjaer for it. In fact, let's go to that game. Um Manchester United nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. It's a good point, I think. For who? Both teams. Yeah. It's a good point, you know, because they're they're both level on points, you know, they're Wolves were a very good team. Man United, they're in transition. They've, they've been in transition for six years, but yeah. every time they try and do something, something gets in the way. Yeah. So either a managerial change or, you know, players getting injured or things like that. Mourinho, the, the whole debacle about that. I still think Mourinho shouldn't have been sacked. I reckon he should still be there. But yeah. um, they've, they've made a big signing of Bruno Fernandes and he looked good. He did look good. And it's exciting because it's as a Man United fan, it's been a long time since I've been excited about watching football. And you know, he you know he looked good. Um, hopefully, it can continue. You know, we're in a position right now where this season we're driving for top four, but really this season is kind of a blank slate. Um, so I, I look forward. You know, hopefully he's the player that we we want him to be. You know, bringing looking at Rashford, James, Martial. McTominay when he comes back, Harry Maguire, AWB. There's enough to be semi-excited as a Man United fan about. You've not got a bad side. The issue is, is that you end up having to play Pereira. And like, yeah, we have no, we've like got that. no depth and, and we're... Love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but he's a naive coach. Do you think that he should be part of the Manchester United setup, just not in a managerial position? Not now, too late. Just get just, rid. Yeah, uh, I say this every week, but it, it baffles me that Maurizio Pochettino is still available um, as a manager and Manchester United haven't gone out and made a move. You know, he is a far more qualified manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah. And I, I don't think anyone would, you know, there's not one Man United fan out there that would rather have Solskjaer than, than have Pochettino. Yeah, I think the fairy tale bit is over now. It, I think it really depends on what happens with Manchester United over the next few few games or how they end their season. Even if they, say, end up finishing fifth, but then it's out of their control while they finish fifth, yeah. you know. So like the top four have just run off and done their thing. But Man United are winning games. They're looking much more astute. They're more clinical in front of goal. They're keeping more clean sheets. If they do that, do you think that then buys buys Solskjaer more like another season I mean it probably does but they're like do I want that probably not if if we finish strong and win games it, it, it probably does you know no one really gets sacked when they're winning yeah so, unless you're Barcelona again. unless you're Barcelona <laughs> uh, yeah you, it's rare to get sacked when you're winning and only the elite the elite 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 clubs can do that Bayern Munich Juventus because you lost two games yeah very true um Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's sad, isn't it? Um, how 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 the other half live? That's what I like to say. Yeah. Um, Leicester two, Chelsea two. That's where we'll that's where we'll sort of like end our roundup. Um, big big game for both teams, and not the result that either team really needed. No. Um, but right now they're probably evenly matched teams. I think Frank Lampard even said that. You know, it was an evenly matched game between two relatively evenly matched teams, which, you know, look at that one or two ways, how far Leicester have come. You know, they won the title a few years ago and then sort of hit reality again. But this this looks like a more consistent, solid side than the one that won the, the league, to be honest. Um, 
I think the quality of player is better now. Yeah. I love Sionchu. Um the evergreen um Jamie Vardy, Harvey Barnes and Madison, the pair of them, yeah. absolutely fantastic. I think they really should have went for it against Villa. Yeah. Uh, and just go get a trophy. It's all good finishing in the in the top wherever. Yeah. But go get a trophy. Something. When you when you when you end your career you won't be like, oh, well, I finished in the top four three seasons on the spin. Yeah. No, it's like, I won these medals. I yeah. won these trophies. So, great result for Villa, don't get me wrong. But it, Leicester should have really gone for it. Yeah. Um, the goals came from um, a Rudiger brace for uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the centre-half union. is It was in full full swing yeah. with goals from Ake, Mina and <laughs> Rudiger, love and life. Uh, and the goals for Leicester, uh, they came from Harvey Barnes and Ben Chilwell. Um, Chelsea started with uh, a change between the sticks. And that confused me somewhat. Kepa was on the bench. Yeah. No injury. I guess, look, first of all, have you been that impressed with Kepa as a goalkeeper? No, I don't think he's any good at all. I don't know if he is. He hasn't impressed me, you know. If you look at the rich history of some of the goalkeepers Chelsea have, have had in there, you know, when they were a good Premier League team, that Petr Cech, you know... Carlo Cudicini. Petr Cech was arguably the best Premier League goalkeeper of all time. But it, well, the, all time is 30 years, but but it's him or Schmeichel as, as the yeah, best yeah, team. Yeah. Schmeichel is, is more glorified, the team won more, and he probably had a bit more of a personality. But Cech is... Was, was an unbelievable goalkeeper. Mm. Uh, really, really was. And when they were good, he was he was great. And, you know, as a Man United fan, when those big United-Chelsea games were were on, you would always worry about how we're going to get the ball past this guy. Yeah, so, he's, he's, um, a, yeah he's an absolute machine. Yeah. And he, he, he also really knows how to manage his defence. Yeah. He's a leader at the back which is what you what is what you need very much like Schmeichel you know yeah. barking orders doing the right thing being in the right place at the right time very rarely made mistakes yeah. you know so that's exactly what they need Kepper is not that type of person at no. all but you know I think the fact that they had to pay so much money for him in the first place in order to get him made, they, they felt that they had to play him yeah. he I, I don't know but like Willie Caballero well, it's again not a bad number two to have, no. and you can't really put him at blame for for either of the goals. No. So, you know that that's the way that is. And a couple of other situations that happened in that game which really confused me. Um, Batshuayi, he was on the bench, yeah. and Chelsea were chasing the victory, yet they took Abraham off and bought Barkley on. Yeah, what's that going to do to Batshuayi's career and mentality? Yeah, I mean. You have to look at whether Chelsea were really chasing the game at that point or whether they were okay. You know, Ross Barkley's a very good player. Um, I, I do worry about this Chelsea side for goals. Um, so, you know, Batshuayi might not have been the, the immediate answer, but they are they are a real strong... I have my opinions on Abraham and I, I don't think he's the guy that I would have leading the line for a top four Premier League team. I've had a few arguments about this. I don't think Tammy Abraham is that great. He's good against bad teams. Yeah. Right, and his goal record this this year looks reasonably impressive. But if you kind of dive into that, um, they've, they've pretty much exclusively been against the bottom ten, bottom six teams. Yeah. Um, it's it's something that is a, a, a bit of a concern for them, especially that 
you know, they didn't, they moved heaven and earth to get this transfer ban lifted. Yeah. And they didn't sign anybody. And they also yeah. have treated Giroud pretty badly yeah. as well by not letting him go out on loan or, or, or sell him. There are strikers out there. They they could they could have gone yeah. out there. They they could have gone and found someone, but they they haven't done it. Now Chelsea are still in fourth spot. Yeah, but it's a bit precarious now. There's only four points difference between, uh, them, between and them and Spurs, who are currently in fifth position. Yeah. Are they are they going to make it? Uh, I would say probably not. I, th- I think Tottenham, you know, look the better team right now. They're they're playing some good football. Mourinho's come in. There's a few players that seem to have found their spark again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deli Alley, I think, is the clear and obvious one. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're obviously concerned how, not having Harry Kane will hurt them uh, because yeah. Harry Kane won a lot of games for Tottenham on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think t- Tottenham will, prob- will probably do it. thing is, Tottenham are a weird one because always fine with Tottenham when they play, when, when Kane plays, it's just so focused on Kane. Last year was was different, you know. There was no Kane, and it was like, right, okay, we've all got a club together, and everyone did it. And I felt that when Kane came back, that's when Tottenham started struggling. Um, this season, everyone would have Harry Kane. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I'm not, I'm not disputing that at all. I'm not disputing that at all. He is, he is a world class number nine. Yeah. Um, the issue is, is that this season, when they were playing without Kane, they looked quite lost. Um, and just the fans, mate. Uh, just, just, just the fans. Um, they look quite lost without Kane, and I don't know how they're going to be able to overcome that. Yes, they got a massive result yesterday yeah. against City, but it's not. They're not consistent enough without Kane. No, and Harry Kane is. You know, when there's just a half chance against a team like a Palace or a Burnley, you know, he takes that half chance. Yeah, and that's that's the difference, and that's why he's so valuable and Tottenham are lucky to have him, any team, England are lucky to have him mm-hmm. um, because he scores those important goals. He's worth 20 points a season. Hopefully they do enough. You know, I, I like Tottenham as, as, a, as a Premier League team. It's weird. I'm an Arsenal fan. I shouldn't like Spurs, but I do. Yeah. You know, I like, I like the way they play. They play a very nice brand of football. Yeah, it's very young, easy English to watch. Yeah, exactly. A, good, a decent core. Yeah. A bit like Liverpool as well. Yeah, like That one hurts. Yeah, it's hurt. It, it does hurt watching them, but you can't deny how potent they are. It's They just attack in such a way where you're like, wow, look, how are you meant to, how you meant to yeah. do this? They've got no flair in midfield. They don't need it. No. They've got the flair on their front three and they've got the creativity out wide. Um, but yeah, that's um, that, that's pretty much it. Um, do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? No. Do you? Yeah, I do. Um, Kansas City Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl yesterday and that's why my voice sounds like this um, against Drew Mitchell's uh, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. And, um, and yeah. You enjoyed that one. Yeah, I did, yeah. I'm really happy about it still. Um, I ache, I hurt, I'm slightly hungover, but it's worth it's worth everything. So um, go go Kansas City Chiefs. I put it on, um, on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I said, I'll, I'll sacrifice Liverpool going season unbeaten for um, Chiefs to uh, win the Super Bowl. So do you know what, Liverpool? Go get it. Go 
Win every game. Gonna Win out. To, I'm going to have to tolerate both. I'm going to have to see Liverpool go undefeated <laughs> and lose the Super Bowl. Oh, God. It is bad. Thanks for watching. You've been watching, um, or oh, might even be listening, to Two Up Top, the weekly football review show uh, in association with the male coach, the best booze in the whole Northampton. Uh, I think the pub quiz is just about to start there right now as well. If you're in Northampton, get yourself down there. Um, Macau Sports Bar and Grill, my favourite place and the best boozer in the whole of New York City. Um, Stu Mitchell might disagree um, because he's, he, he lived in New York for a number of years. But I'm on the show, I'll stick with the sponsors. Yeah, 100%. Go Macau's. Um, make sure you go say hi to cabs while you're in there. And in association with uh, Stalker Studio, where we normally record the show when we're in Northampton. Uh, available on Spotify and Apple Music. So, yeah, have a listen. Let me know what your thoughts are. And uh, thank you. And... Good day. Oh, good day. Good day.